But Proverbs chapter number 10, go down to verse number 18. The Bible said that he that hideth hatred with lying lips and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we sure are grateful tonight, Lord, to be in the house of God. Thank you, Lord, for the midweek service. Thank you, Lord, just for a place, God, that, Lord, we can come in, Lord, in the middle of our weeks, God, in the middle of our busy schedules, busy lives, tiring lives, Lord, we're so full of activity and things have to be done and things have to take place. We understand that, Lord, we sure are grateful Lord, just for a little place on Wednesday nights, God, where we can just come and gather around the altar, Lord, and just pour our heart out to you for a little bit, Lord, and pray unto you, Lord, talk with you. God, we sing the songs where we get to worship you, we get to praise you, or we're reminded tonight of how wonderful your grace is. Lord, I, I'm coming to the point in my life now, Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't understand, and Lord, I, 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 I don't realize, and I can't really fully come, how in the world did I make it this far? How did I make it that long? spurning and turning away from the grace of God. I'm so grateful tonight, Lord, for your grace because, Lord, no matter what took place this week, no matter what financial hit I took, Lord, no matter what problems I faced this week, no matter what went wrong this week, God, your grace is still sufficient. Lord, my salvation is still intact. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful tonight, Lord, that I'm eternally saved by your grace. We thank you, Lord, for Calvary. Thank you for paying a price for our sin. Lord, I'm not bought with gold and silver and things which are corruptible, but Lord, I've been bought with your precious blood. And I'm thankful for that tonight. Lord, I ask that you hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And God, would you get me out of myself, Lord, and fill me with the Spirit of God. Lord, I need your help. I need your touch. Lord, as much as I ever have before. And I ask you, Lord, tonight, just one more time, Lord, would you help us from the Word of God. Teach us, challenge us, change us, convict us, encourage us, strengthen us. God, my one message, Lord, with your help and your touch, can help everybody in here tonight. Lord, I cannot do that by myself. Lord, I need you. And I ask you, Lord, tonight that you just help us one more time. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We talked about our wisdom in our walk last week, wisdom in our actions. And tonight, my, my Raylan said, you should have titled it, Dad, Wisdom in Your Walk and wisdom in your talk. And so we're gonna deal with that tonight and I'm gonna borrow that title from my daughter, Wisdom with Your Talk. Here's the thing tonight, your words are a dead giveaway on the level or the amount of wisdom we have. And normally when you say something like that, you can tell if somebody's wise by the words that they use. Our mind goes, well, they must be able to use big words. Words like photosynthesis, words like uh, ecumenalism, words like, uh, you know, you feel just long words, the words that if you played them in Scrabble, you automatically win, right? We think those people are wise. Well, that's not necessarily true, right? Because that, that, that really just means that maybe they, they have a, a, a desire, they, that words come to them naturally, they're well-educated, they're highly intelligent, but we realize sorry, that intelligence and education doesn't always translate to wisdom, right? Because education is not the source of wisdom. 
right? Book smarts is not the source of wisdom. There is only one source of wisdom. The beginning or the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. God is the source of wisdom. And so when I say tonight that your words are a dead giveaway of the amount of wisdom that you have, I'm not talking about your vast vocabulary. I'm not talking about if you can use words like auspicious and bodacious and know what they mean and use them in context. But rather, it's not necessarily the words that we say per se and the vocabulary that we have, but really it is the heart behind which we say those words, right? And a wise heart will produce wise words. Wisdom isn't the level of the words you use, it is how you use your words. Simple words can be used wisely, right? Simple words can be used wisely. How many of y'all know somebody, they don't have a lot of education they don't have a lot of book smarts. They, 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 they are not what the world would say a scholarly person, but they just have a way of saying things and they have those little sayings, right, that, that you, you can't argue with. You step back and say, man, that is a wise saying, right? They, they say things like, that, you know, like it's, it's easier uh, to handle a cold pot than a boiling one. Right? Oh, I get what they mean by that, right? Simple words can be used wisely just like complex words can be used wisely. Now, what does the word that I'm using say about my heart? Really, the words that you and I say and, and how we say them reveals the condition of our heart. Well, what do you mean by that, preacher? If we use bitter words, then we have a bitter heart. If we use hateful words, we have a hateful heart. If we use grateful words, we have a grateful heart. And if we use loving words, we have a loving heart. Jesus told the Pharisees this in the Gospels. One, I think it's Matthew's account or Luke's account. I love, I love the Lord because he, he, the, the, the modern day image and philosophy and, and vision of Jesus Christ is a, not a biblical vision of him. Because the modern day contemporary movement said Jesus would never say anything mean. He would never say anything cross with anybody. <laughs> but Jesus looks at them, these Pharisees, and he calls them vipers. Right? And then he gives us this great truth. Right? It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Right? Jesus was telling them, he said, here's why you are this way. Here's why you, you have venomous words, poisonous words. He said, because at your heart, you're a viper. And can I say tonight, what comes out of our mouth is not an accident. It's not an oopsies. What comes out of our mouth tonight is the overflow of what's already in our heart. And so tonight, if we're going to use wise words, then we must have a wise heart. Proverbs 10 tells us if we can, uh, tells us if our hearts are full of wisdom or not, right? We can tell that by simply listening and looking at how we use our words. So tonight I've got two points for you that we're gonna see the words of an unwise heart in the words of a wise heart tonight. Notice number one, the words of an unwise heart. Have you ever said too much? Have you ever given away a surprise you weren't supposed to give away? You, you ruined the surprise because you forgot who you was talking to. You revealed a confidential issue that you were not supposed to reveal to somebody else. You went from, it went from funny to hurtful, right? Because we took it too far, 
Right, there's a lot of activities that we'll do at summer camp. One of those activities will never be slap boxing. Why, preacher? Because somebody always takes it too far. And slap boxing turns into brawling. Right, somebody gets their, their feelings hurt. Somebody gets hit too hard and all of a sudden it's on. And sometimes, right, that's how we are with our words. We didn't start out that way. But the more we talk and the more we say and the more we uncheck our heart, we begin to realize we say too much sometimes. Sometimes we say things we shouldn't say, but only do we realize that after we've said them, right? After we've said them, we realize I should not have said those things. Oftentimes we don't realize that we are using our words unwisely until after we've spoken, right? And once it's said, you can't get it back in. It's already been said. Now you can apologize for it and you can be sincere about it and, and get it reconciled and get it fixed, but you cannot take back what's already been said. I love when a politician says, well, that's, that's not what I meant to say. Or, that, I, I didn't say that. Like, man, we have you on record in recording saying that that ain't me. I I misspoke. No, you said exactly what you wanted to say. But we'll see tonight some characteristics of, of some un, unwise words that have come from an unwise heart. Or a heart that is not functioning in the wisdom of God. Notice they are violent words. Verse number six and verse number 11, we see the same phrase twice. It says, but violence cover the mouth of the wicked in verse number six. Go to verse number 11 but violence cover the mouth of the wicked. If God ever says anything twice in the word of God, we need to pay attention, right? Because he's trying to get us to understand. He's trying to get us to see it. And he's trying to help me and, I, me and you realize that unwise words have the tendency to be violent, right? They are violent in nature. This statement's repeated twice. We need to pay attention. Well, preacher, what in the world is a violent person? Or what is somebody, when you, when you talk about violence, right, it, it hurts without regard, right? Or you could say it this way, it is beyond the acceptable level, right? There's some video games, I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but there's some, they take the violence to an a, a unnecessary level, an unneeded level, and, and when you and I begin to talk out of bitterness, begin to talk out of anger and envy and jealousy, you mark it down, that which is coming out of our mouth will become violent quickly. It'll be on the, the, the acceptable level. Words that are spoken in this manner have no benefit. They're just violent. They're just violent. And you say, preacher, what am I supposed to do if somebody becomes violent around me? You get away from them, right? Just like it was in, in a physical sense if somebody is being violent towards you, the smart thing would be to get away from them. We realize tonight that when you and I speak unwisely or allow our heart, which the Bible said is desperately wicked to, to not be in subjection to the word of God tonight and not to allow the, the, the wisdom of God to flow out of it into our mouths, when it is, it is my flesh talking, it's my feelings talking, I've got to be careful because they'll become violent quickly. They become hurtful quickly. They're violent. Verse number 14 tells us the words of an unwise heart are destructive. Look at verse number 14. But the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. 
The mouth of the foolish is near destruction. You know, never in our Bible are we told to tear down a fellow believer. Never in our Bible are we told to, to, to you know, tear them to shreds, cut them down, right? To, to, to do all those kind of things to a fellow believer tonight. We, we are told to edify, we're told to build up, we're told to encourage and, and strengthen the brethren tonight. But when you and I begin to allow an unwise heart to dictate what we are saying, we can mark it down. What's about to come out of our mouth is going to be destructive. It's going to hurt somebody. It's going to tear a good person down, so to speak. Let me put this out there tonight. Gossip is never a positive thing. Gossip is never a good thing. Gossip never benefits anybody. It's not gossip. Well, preacher, it's not gossip if it's true. Let me ask you, do you want everybody to know everything that's true about you? <laughs> it's true, right? But can I say tonight, even if it is true, when it's, when it's brought out of a heart of anger, and it's brought out of a heart of jealousy, or you know, any of those ungodly feelings, mark it down. It's, it's one, you're trying to destroy somebody. Now, I'm not talking about sounding the warning. I'm not talking about, about protection and, 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 and keeping people safe. I'm talking about just because somebody said something or did something you didn't like, and now all of a sudden you're saying, I, I've got to come against them. My, I've got to destroy them with my words. An unwise person participates in destructive conversations. Look at verse number 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips and he that uttereth slander is a fool. In essence, when you and I allow these destructive words out of our mouth, the Bible says we are more than unwise, we are foolish. What is a fool? We're talking about this. I think we're talking about this at, our, at the breakfast table this morning. What is a fool? A fool is somebody who knows the truth and then rejects and says, I don't need that. That is a foolish thing to do. Right, if there's a sign and you're driving down the road and you're about to cross over a bridge and the sign says, do not go any further, bridge is out. And you say, oh, I'll be all right. I'll drive through this and I'll keep going on. They don't know what they're talking about. You're a fool. You know the truth, the bridge is out. You better stop. But look at verse 18, cause it says, those who participate in those who allow their words to be destructive and don't rein that in and don't bring that underneath subjection of Christ. He said, you're foolish. But verse number 32 tonight, excuse me, verse number, 30, yeah, verse number 32, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh forwardness. He said, not only are you a foolish, he said, but if you don't bring it in and allow it to be reined in and dealt with through the word of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, he said, not only are you foolish, but you sound wicked. Cause, he said, the, the, what does it say? The mouth of the wicked speaketh forwardness. Now tonight, we understand that you cannot lose your salvation. We understand that's what the Bible teaches but it's a terrible thing for those of us who have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us to sound like somebody who doesn't. To sound like somebody who is on their way to hell, the wicked, outside of the grace of God. And here's the thing tonight, the, the sad reality is that we are all capable of this. From the preacher down tonight, 
Listen, if I don't, if I don't keep my heart in check with God, and if I, if I don't allow him to, to, to rule and reign in my heart, in my life, the very thing I stand behind tonight can become what they call a bull pulpit. It can become a place of unwise words and destructive words. Instead of God taking his word and building up you in your most holy faith, this place will become a place of destruction. Cut everybody down. Tear everybody down. Can I say tonight, it is, it is utter, of vital importance tonight for you and I to realize when our heart begins to creep towards unwise thinking, we need to get it in check. Because if we don't, our words not only will be violent, but they'll be destructive. And we find out that these unwise words from an unwise heart are without value. Look at verse number 20. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. And you go to verse 21. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for the one of wisdom. Or for one of wisdom. Then you go down to verse number 31. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. Go back to verse number 20. The Bible says the heart of the wicked is, is little worth. Well, preacher, that means it's worth something. It's worth a little. Well, if you put it in context in the verse that it's in, it says, what does it say right at the beginning of verse number 20? I don't want to get too far myself, but it says the tongue of the just is as choice silver. But then the, the heart of the wicked is little worth, or it's worth little. Let me ask you tonight. <laughs> if I was about to give you a choice silver or a few pennies, which one would you pick? See, we like to, it's worth a little. It's worth a little, preacher. I mean, it's not worthless when you compare it to silver. It pretty much is. Right, we see tonight that they have little worth. You can keep your pennies. I'll take the silver tonight. Verse 21, the, about these unwise words, what you hope will happen to the person you said it to will actually happen to you. Look at verse number 21. But fools die for one of wisdom. Oh, I'm going to tear them down. And when they hear what I've said about them, they'll quit and they'll, they'll, they'll just fall and they'll crumble and I will be dominant over them and I will reign over them and I will be supreme and all of a sudden, they, they just go on keep serving God. They, they don't pay you the time of day and you die in bitterness, you die in jealousy, you die in essence, in essence you, you crumble and before you know it, you're no longer living the Christian life, you're no longer serving God, you're out of church, you're all those kind of things because you allowed your unwise heart to dictate what you were saying and all of a sudden now you find out it's worth nothing. Right? What you hope will happen to the person you said it to will actually happen to you. One, one person said that bitterness is like you drinking the poison hoping it hurts the other person. It, it never happens that way. Right then verse number 32, God will put a stop to it. Right, but the mouth, excuse me, verse number 31, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. The froward tongue shall be cut out. In essence, you may not die, right? You're gonna say, oh man, if, if I say the wrong thing, God's gonna strike me dead, right? You, you may say it and, and, and you may, your heart may keep beating and you might keep breathing oxygen, but everything you say from then on will lose value. How many of us know somebody tonight that the moment they speak because of their, their, their track record, because of, of their, their, their testimony in that sense, the moment they begin to speak, we think they, they're just lying. They're, they're, they're not telling the truth. 
I worked with a man and every time he'd tell the story, instantly I would think, yeah, he's making this up. <laughs> he was like four foot seven. And he said, I used to run a three minute mile. I said, no, you didn't. <laughs> I said, no, you didn't. Uh -huh, I did. When I was in the military, I ran a three minute mile. I said, not with those little legs, you didn't. And them fellas over from Kenya can't even do that. <laughs> right? The longer you allow that unwise heart to fester and to produce unwise words out of your lips, sooner or later, God's going to put a stop to it. Right? You'll keep talking, but nobody will listen to you no more. Right? That's, that's old so-and-so. They're just so full of bitterness. They're so full of jealousy. They're so full of untruth. Don't even listen to what they have to say. Right? God will put a stop to it. I mean, ask them, are you willing to change your words before they lose their effect? We see the words of an unwise heart. Then notice number two tonight, we see the words of a wise heart. The words of a wise heart. The words of a wise heart will sound nothing like the words of an unwise heart. Right? They're not meant to be mixed together, mingled together. And, 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 you know, I'm allowed to be unwise today and then I'll be wise tomorrow. No, we should strive for wisdom every day. Right? That should be our goal. When we get up, when we start our day, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, help, help my heart to be wise today. Lord, help me to make wise decisions, wise words today. And here's the anytime two things that God created to be separate and we try to force them together, if something becomes strange. Right, something it becomes weird, it becomes eerie. You know, it's amazing how in the morning when the sun begins to rise, it's a beautiful thing. But when night begins to take over day, how many of y'all been outside what they call twilight? And that sun is beginning to set and the, the, the moon, the, the, you know, the sky is beginning to turn dark and it's just an eerie feeling. It's weird out there, right? Those things weren't meant to be together. That's why God separated them. What about hot and cold, right? Those things are to be separate. They're not to be mixed together because when you mix them together, you get lukewarm. What does God say about lukewarm? I will spew it out of my mouth, right? God, God is not pleased with lukewarm Christianity. In the day and age we live in, what are they trying to mix together that God separated, male and female? And they say, I'm non-binary. That is strange fire. It is weird. That is not the way God designed it to be. Old Testament, when they try to bring in pagan worship into the, the, the tabernacle, and in, into the temple, God, said, God called it strange fire. It's not how it's supposed to be. And can I say tonight in the Christian life, God doesn't desire for us to take an unwise heart and to mix it with the wise heart and, and, and think that's okay. No, we strive for wisdom. We ask for wisdom. The goal is to go from an unwise to a wise heart, not a mixture of both. <laughs> not, not a mixture of both. Well, here's the thing. You, you and I have a flesh. You and I have you know, sin nature. You and I have all that tonight, and we struggle with that. And, and it's just like in a garden, right? I don't know, I don't know your, your philosophy on gardening, but my desire, and, and I'm not very good at it, is to produce fruit when I garden, right? To have something to pick off the vine and have something to, to grab off the plant. I have great intentions, great desires, and it seems like no matter what I do, Weeds always pop up. Weeds, they, I don't know how, they, I, uh, my garden's in five-gallon buckets this year. It, it is up off the ground. 
It's not, you know, it's not near the ground level. And somehow, and I've got little holes drilled in the side of those buckets for the water to flow through. I've had weeds growing out of those tiny little holes. And sometimes in our life, right, that nature, that old man is going to pop up. What do we do? You pick the weed when it pops up. You deal with it, right? You don't let it fester. You don't let it grow. And so we have this desire for wise hearts, and sometimes that unwise heart will pop back up. What do we do, preacher? You pick it. You deal with it in that sense. But we see wise words. Now, here's some characteristics of wise words. Notice they're productive. They're productive. Verse 14, we see this process. How do I get a wise heart or that leads to wise words? Proverbs 14, or 10, 14 says, wise men lay up knowledge. They store knowledge. In essence, they took Proverbs chapter four, verses five and seven to heart. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not and she shall preserve thee. Love her and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom with all thy getting, get understanding. And you get it, you possess it, you hold on to it, and then you're storing up wisdom. And then that which is stored up is siphoned out. Look at verse number 11. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. Now, I understand I, I, I'm, I've grown up in the 21st century. I, I, I don't know what it's like on a daily basis to go pump an old-timey well. Right? I thought that's just how you shake hands. <laughs> shake hands like an old-time old, old well. Right? But there was a process there. In order for that, that water to come up, it had to be siphoned out from the ground. But if there's no water at the bottom of the well... They ain't getting the water out of it. The same thing is true in our Christian life. If we are not daily getting the word of God and allowing God to take his word in his wisdom and to put it in the well of our heart tonight, when we go to say something wise, nothing's going to be there. Right? You have to have something there in order for it to be pulled out. That which is stored up is siphoned out. Verse number 31, the mouth of the just bringeth forth Wisdom, But it all goes back to verse number 11. It is a well of life. It is stored up tonight. Stored up and siphoned out. Some seek it, right? The, the, the well, some come to have it. Some just hear it, verse number 31. They, 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 they hear it as you're saying. Some come to you asking for wisdom and seeking wisdom. Right, and you, if you've been with God, you've been praying, you've been studying, you've been hiding God's word in your heart, he will siphon it out of you to be able to share it with them. Some seek it, some just hear it tonight. But then verse number 21, we see the possible impact. So the lips of the righteous feed many. The lips of the righteous feed many. <laughs> You'd be surprised at who you will help when you allow your words to be founded and, and fashioned out of wisdom. Right? You get alone with God. You get in the word of God and you, you store it up and all of a sudden you'll be surprised at who you'll be able to help. Can I say tonight, that's why, that's why anytime before I preach, anytime I, I stand before you, I'm at least going to sit down with my Bible and say, all right, Lord, what do they need? Lord, what do I need? Right, because I don't want to just show up with what I have, per se, in my own mind and my own ability. Right? God put something in my well. That way when they come looking for it and they come needing it, God, I, there's something that you've given me I can give to them. 
right? Wise words come from a, a stored up heart. They're productive, they help, they encourage, they strengthen, they feed, they water in that sense. Look at verse number 20, they're precious. They're precious. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. They're precious. They are valuable to those who recognize their worth. In essence tonight, Paul said it this way, that, that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that are without. But those of us that are saved by the grace of God, right, it is a wonderful truth. It, is, it helps us. It encourages us. It strengthens us. In essence, this Bible is precious to us tonight because we know it's worth Right, we, we, we know the value of the word of God tonight is precious to us. In wise words are precious to those who understand their worth. I was at a yard sale. I think it was Saturday. I was at a yard sale helping my mother-in-law set up, get her stuff together for her yard sale. And I was looking through her table at all the stuff that she was selling. And I seen a, a platter and it had a price tag on it for 50 cents. And it was the color of silver. And I got to look at that thing. I flipped it up over and I, it had a stamp on it. In me being a vast understander of silver things. Pulled out my phone and put on Google. And typed in that name and that number. And I found out it was actually silver. What'd you do, preacher? I walked over to my mother-in-law. I gave her 50 cents. <laughs> I said, I'm buying this. <laughs> and I gotta go to the store and find something to shine it up with because it's in, it's, in, it's in rough shape right now. But, right, but those who, who understand the value of wisdom will be grateful that you have a well within your life that you've stored up God's wisdom because they're gonna understand. They're gonna, they're gonna need what you're telling them. And it's going to be precious to them. And as God gives you his wisdom, it'll be precious to you. It'll be like silver to you. In essence, you ain't going to put 50 cents on it and put it at the yard sale. You're going to shine it up, put it in that china cabinet. For everybody, it's be one of those things that you don't ever use. You say, look what I got right there. That's real silver. It's precious. Then it's purposeful. Verse number 19, verse number 32. Verse number 19 says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. In verse number 32, the Bible says, The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. In essence, a wise heart will tell you sometimes the wisest thing you'll ever say is nothing at all. You learn to be quiet. Learn to... To, that you always don't have to put in your two cents. <laughs> what does verse number 20 say? That it's worth little. That's what, I, I'm going to put my two cents in real quick. Let me ask you, what you going to buy with two cents nowadays? Absolutely nothing. I love to hear those old timers talk about, I'd go to the grocery store and for a nickel, I'd get a soda, a moon pie, a bag of chips, and, and three loaves of bread. I thought it was amazing. I was growing up, you could go to Walmart and for 25 cents, you could go to that, that Sam's Cola machine outside of Walmart and get your whole can of soda. Or you could pay 75 cents for Coca-Cola. I said, I, I, I ain't made of money. <laughs> 10-year-old Tate didn't have no money. 
I was borrowing, <laughs> borrowing from my mom. Mom, let me hold 25 cents. <laughs> I'll pay you back on the first of the month. She said, no, you, no, you won't, son. <laughs> no, it's a wise purpose, or a wise words, or a wise person, a wise heart understands their words have a purpose. A wise person will know what is acceptable to say and not to say. Verse number 30, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. What is acceptable. Right? I believe there's some things that ought not to be said behind the pulpit. They're just not acceptable. I think there's some things that ought not to come out of the Christian's mouth. They're just not, and I don't think there's any circumstance where they are acceptable. Right? Where it's the right thing to say. I, I, I can't find one area in my life where really is acceptable to use a cuss word. Or where, where that is the best word I could use in that moment. Right? There, there's, no, there's, no, there's no instance in the Christian life where that is acceptable. Or where God will say, that's right. That's what you should say right there. Right? A wise heart understands what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. And then also a wise heart sometimes knows the wisest thing you'll ever say is all. It says right there in verse number 19, in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. <laughs> See, what's going to happen is you're going to say, that's right, preacher, that's good. And there's going to come a conversation come up this week. <laughs> and you're going to want to be saying something. You say, oh, I, I, got, I got something to add to the conversation. I got my two cents. And the Holy Ghost is going to say, no, you don't. Your two cents ain't going to add nothing to this. You, you need to be quiet. You refrain your lips. But Lord, they need to know. They need to be informed. They, they, they need to know what I know. God's going to say, no, they don't. They don't need to know that. It ain't going to help nothing. And sometimes the wisest thing you'll ever do is say, you know what, Lord? You're right. My two cents is not worth sharing in this conversation and adding to it because I've got something worth. I've got choice silver. I've, I've got words that, that I, if, if, I, if I'm quiet now, there's a place that God's going to allow me to speak that's going to help, be beneficial. The, the words of a wise heart, they have purpose. Are you willing to have a heart that is set on the wisdom of God so that you might have a speech that is wise as well? We look at wisdom in our walk, but can I say we need to have wisdom in our talk as well?